0: And welcome to our second episode of What's the Story, Ghost? I'm your host, Annette. And I'm Stephen. And we have two short stories for you today. Should we crack up?
1: We should, but don't forget to check out our Instagram page and our episode one already posted on yep. Podbean.
0: It's on Podbean. I am working on getting it onto Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere that you can find podcasts, really. At the moment, though, it is live on Podbean. Crack on! So uh, the resources for my stories today, I used irishcentral.com and I used darkemeraldtales.wordpress.com, both really, really good uh, websites for Irish folklore, some nice tales and things there, some really spooky things in, but I did an adaptation, so it's not word for word, but this is where I got my information from. Uh, So the tale today is named Hell Hath No Fury. Arranged marriages were, centuries ago, a common affair in Ireland. Marrying for love was of little interest to greedy fathers. They would sooner see their daughters wed to the highest bidder than marry someone they truly love. That was the case for one young Irish lass. Her tale is as tragic as it is scary. Many moons ago, in an area now known as Waterford City, lived a young lady, sweet and kind. Her mind said to be as beautiful as her face. Men wanted to marry her, women wanted to be her. She cared not for position or title, money or material things, and had fell madly in love with a farmhand. They made plans to marry, have children of their own, truly live happily ever after. On hearing this, her father did what any loving father would do, and he promised her to another in exchange for money and land. She was heartbroken. She begged her father to reconsider, but it fell on deaf ears. He was greedy and cold-hearted. She was promised to a clan chieftain, A man of enormous wealth and said to be equally as cruel and much older than her father showing her father cared less to find her a youthful match that she could potentially grow to love and more for how much his daughter would fetch for the marriage was arranged the date set and the dress bought but nothing of this day was happy true the guests had a wonderful time no expense was spared but not as a show of the chieftain's happiness to be marrying the young beauty, but purely to show off his wealth. Stories of the chieftain's cruelty towards his new bride were well known. He abused her terribly. He would harm her purely for amusement. He liked to see the red run down her pale white skin. And he kept her locked in a tower, miserable and alone. All while her father sat counting his wealth. She hoped her lost love would come and rescue her and live out the life he dreamed, but he was unable. So in a pit of despair, she stopped eating, didn't sleep and completely wasted away. But her mind was long gone before her body. She was barely cold when her husband took another wife. So it was left to the villagers to bury the poor girl. They were to take her body and bury it under what people call Strongbow's tree. Her forever resting place was visited every day, not by her husband or her family, but by the farmhand telling her of his undying love, willing her to come back to him. The practice at the time was to cover a grave with a pile of stones stacked tall, so the recently deceased were unable to rise. But for some reason, on the night of her burial, the villagers didn't follow the practice. Perhaps out of pity for not helping the poor girl, they just wanted to simply let her lie in the earth. What they couldn't have known was that she would rise on the anniversary of her death, but what emerged was not the sweet girl they had lain to rest. Instead, a spirit. Just as beautiful as before, but only on the outside. Now, a pretty shell, seeking revenge on those who had taken her love, her happiness, and her life. So, of course, her first visit was to her childhood home to see dear old Daddy. Her father lay sound asleep in his bed. She leaned over pressed her lips to his, and sucked every last breath from his body, and left. In doing so, she grew further from the sweet and kind person she once was, but she was blind to this, and continued on her hunt, as next was her husband. As she made her way back to her old prison, she came upon her husband staggering home drunk from a night in the tavern. Anger coursing through her at the sight of him, she pressed her lips to his, and sucked every last breath. But this time was different this time not only did she take the air from his lungs but the blood from his veins all the blood she had lost because of his cruelty it was only fair right but she didn't anticipate acquiring a taste for the crimson elixir and before she knew it she needed more so every year on the anniversary of her death she rises and she continues to prey on young men luring them with her beauty and the promise of a kiss Failing to mention it's the kiss of death, of course, but no need for panic. Just wait until she returns to her forever resting place and do as the villagers should have done all those many years ago. Take a tall stack of stones, place them on her grave at Strongbow's tree so she can no longer be able to rise. That's if you can find Strongbow's tree. What do you think of that
1: story? I'd watch that film.
0: Would you would do. I think it's actually I, uh, really good. It's I,
1: like I was daydreaming for a while there and I was like, who would play... Who would play this person? And I can't <laughs> think of her name, but you know the woman... Keira Knightley? Her too. But, <laughs> but the woman that, that's in loads of films, but uh, her probably the most recent famous one is The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, <gasps>
0: she'd be good. She's, she's,
1: she's deadly at, at it.
0: Now, I didn't I watch I all of The Handmaid's Tale, but I know she was, she was very affectionate with her husband. And then I saw her as the damsel... When she was a maid and then also the badass when she was trying yeah, to, yeah, I, again, yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing, but she I think a, she could play she has all, a range She's a dynamic actress. She's yeah, very good, yeah. but it is, it's such a sad story because I mean, I know we watched Bridget in there recently and women were, uh, what, what's the, what's the way you say it? They, they came with a dowry. Whereas this was, it's nearly like, what'll she fetch for? So oh, she just, was sold, like cattle. Yeah, exactly. So he had a couple of daughters, as, as the story goes. But his main concern, I think she was the eldest, his main concern was, I really could care less if you've fallen in love with this person. They don't give me anything, and I have the rest of your sisters to feed. So his attitude was, good luck, goodbye. Whatever happened to the farmhand? So he came up, and, and he he was the only person who actually visited her grave. The, the husband, like I said, she was cold before. She wasn't even cold before the husband she took another wife he used to keep her hidden in a tower because not only did he want her to know kind of like a beauty and the beast kind of thing
1: mm-hmm and mm-hmm.
0: um, he'd keep her locked in the tower because he didn't want to share it with anyone like she was stunning like I said all the men wanted to marry her and the women didn't envy her they wanted to be her she was someone that you'd aspire to be but he kept her locked in the tower so the whole time she's there she's miserable thinking about this person that she truly loves who who couldn't I didn't I couldn't find out why but I'm assuming it's because the rich guy had, like, guards and stuff, but he couldn't come and save her, despite wanting to be the valiant knight. He wasn't a of position, didn't have money, didn't have backing, had no had no lads to go around and give him a hand kind of thing, so it's it's heartbreaking. But, uh no, he was the only person that came to her grave and would cry and just tell her he loved her and, and you know, the whole wheeling her back to him kind of thing. So
1: she just wandered around Waterford City now just... Blood
0: pretty much. Once a year. Once a year. She rises on the anniversary. But the only thing is, I've Googled it and I don't know where Strongbow's tree is. So we can go around with a stack of stones and just put them everywhere because nobody f- knows where she is.
1: pretty stone On the hollow water. For understand? Just,
0: just raise it up a little bit. So we'll just, we'll just, we'll just. What's that movie called where they had to.
1: They won, didn't quite. Come.
0: No, no. They didn't quite have a hill or it wasn't oh. tall enough. Something to do. It was not come to
1: yeah yeah we
0: can basically do that we'll just rise waterford city up a little bit but yeah nobody knows where strong rose tree is that's terrifying not a lover of that but it's a it's a good story it's a good story was it
1: an apple tree or was it was a pear, pear are you going with
0: cider here is that what you're doing um i'm, I'm
1: leaning, into it. <laughs> leaning into it right
0: we'll crack on with the second story here now there are some irish words in this that i have looked up uh, different dialects of how to pronounce it. I'm going to pronounce it how I would have learned how to pronounce it. And if I am wrong, feel free to tell me because I'd love to know how the correct way to say it is. This one is the one that I got from Dark Emeralds Tales. Uh, it's an adaptation. I think the article was written by Anne Massey. So it's called Avertok. Many years ago in the lands east of Foyle, in what is now known as Derry, the area was in a constant state of battle. Rival clans and seek of power and dominion over one another. The leader of one of the clans was Chieftain Avertok. His name may imply that he was a small man, but Avertok was said to be cruel and twisted, a vicious warrior and a formidable opponent. He was the definition of pure evil. Avertok's passion for darkness and depravity left him feared as a powerful and sadistic sorcerer. Now, I've heard two different versions of what happens next. You can choose which one you prefer. The first version is that his clan, in a constant state of fear plotted against him with a rival chieftain named Cahan. Cahan is said to have struck him down and buried him in a solitary grave, standing upright, as this was said to be the tradition for warriors at the time. The second version is that Avertok, being an exceptionally jealous man, suspected his wife was having an affair, climbed out of the window of his castle one night in an effort to catch her in the act, and slipped and fell to his death. Either way, his people did not mourn. It was said they were relieved. However, celebrations were short-lived as Avertak returned from the grave the following night. Even in death, he tormented his people, demanding fresh blood to sustain his life. If we follow the first version of the tale, it is said that the rival clan chieftain Cahan was furious that he had failed in his efforts to rid the clan of their tormentor. And knew, of course, his reputation was at stake. So once again, he ventured out and killed him and buried him exactly as before. It became apparent that Abertach was immortal when he returned to his village once again to seek vengeance and drink the blood of his people. Kahan sought the advice of a druid priest, explaining that he was convinced that Abertach was wielding some sort of black magic influence. On the advice of the druid, Kahan finally cut down the evil monster with a sword card from the Yew tree, said to be the most powerful mystic reference from the druids. Avertock was buried for the final time, headfirst, to ensure he'd never resurface, we hope. There is a location today known as the Giant's Grave in Glen County Derry, also known as Avertock's Sepulchre or Leap Avertock. A weighty boulder lies upon the grave, and a thorn bush grows through it. The thorn is another important druid symbol. If it is indeed where his forever resting place is, let's hope he stays there. just think of that one.
1: Yeah, that one was good too
0: It's a little evil I mean if it doesn't have The whole romance thing to it You can kind of feel like It's lost But it goes just The completely opposite way He was He was awful I think I like the idea Of him falling out the window It's kind of like That Laurel and Hardy Stupid like piece.
1: There's nothing more Satisfying Than someone you dislike trying Because they're <laughs> an absolute
0: PG Stephen PG
1: I'm <laughs>
0: So I was crazy. getting there and you then were...
1: interrupted
0: me
1: I'm very uh, sorry. I'm very sorry.
0: You're not at all. I yeah. am very sorry. No. Um. Yeah, the, the thought of, like, I mean, how bad would you have to be that your own family would go seek in a rival clan and be all like, here, listen, would you would you just get rid of him for us? Because, just no.
1: That sounds like every second episode of... I was going to say love-hate.
0: <laughs> no, I can't do love-hate. I think that's too close to home. The gratuitous violence is just a little bit too... And I know that's very controversial as an Irish and as a Dublin person to say that, but it's just.
1: I used to get my lunch in one of the cafes in Stop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my claim to fame is I met the Irish guy from Harry Potter when I was living in the country, and he was dressed in all his equestrian gear. Like I don't know if he was he had gone horse riding or if he was actually just helping out in the stables or his mom has farmland. But my God, he is so good to his mom. He was just like, No, ma'am, what do you want in the deli? And I'm sitting there going, I just want wedges. Please don't eat all the wedges. Please don't eat yeah. all the wedges. And he's like, ma'am, what do you want? And Mom, do you want this? And Mom, let me carry that. And I was just like, Oh my God, like the fave hasn't gone to his head at all. Now, I could be wrong, but from what I gathered, he just seems to be like a really typical Irish. Or he's afraid of his mom. I don't know.
1: It's, everybody's afraid of their mom. Oh,
0: if you have an Irish mammy, like manners are bedding to you. But yeah, no, that, that story terrified me a little bit when I read it. Um, have you got any campfire? Vampire stories or
1: no, is that? I I actively avoided all campfire story stories when I was in, especially in cubs. I remember, uh, we were all in the tent going to obviously going to bed, but one of the guys wanted to tell ghost stories, and he kept telling them. And whenever I came to the the ending of the boogeyman or something, I'd be like, I would like, I'd just be like, and then the ghosts came out, and everybody lived happily ever after <laughs> and, uh, Yeah,
0: it's okay. If it makes you feel any better, I'd say about 98% of the people that were sitting there were waiting for someone to say something Mm. funny to break the tension. Because when you're telling ghost stories, I think the scariest part is when it's a movie, like, I really appreciate the score in a movie. So the music in the background, because if it's a thriller or a horror, and someone's about to jump out and give a fright, you can tell because the music is changing. Whereas when someone's just telling you a spooky story you're like any minute now they're going to say boo and you know they could just be saying and then the ice cream van showed up but it's still like you don't want to be the person that screams sitting in a tent full of lads who are all trying to be hard to tell mm. each other ghost stories. Oh there
1: was, there was one kid that was afraid of the banshee and he wouldn't sleep beside, beside the door of the tent. The tents are made out of canvas. <laughs> I'm not entirely and they weren't even There were the old school ones yeah. that the ground sheet wasn't attached to the, the tent walls. Yeah. So like you could just crawl under this tent. Oh God. It's probably easier to get under the tent, untie the ties at the side of it. But he wasn't sleeping beside the door, so I had to sleep beside the door. <gasps>
0: no, did you not want to do it either?
1: No, I was petrified.
0: But the banshee is quite scary, though, to be fair. Yes,
1: we we'll cover that. In we will episode. cover that
0: in an episode because that's that's some that's some deep. I may not be story. here
1: for this episode.
0: You you want to hide under I'm the blankets? I got to be
1: under the blankets.
0: <laughs> I don't know what that is. I think, I think duvets have superpowers. Oh, sorry, if people don't use that word, it's just the blanket, the top sheet that goes over your bed. But I think duvets have superpowers because there's so many ghost stories I've heard or people giving their paranormal, paranormal encounters. And their attitude is, okay, so if, if I close my eyes, she'll go away. And then they open their eyes and she's still there. So they're like, I'm just going to cover myself in my duvet. And immediately... The ghost can't they can't come and get mm-hmm. you so it's kind of the same thing as the tent i really don't think the banshee would be like oh oh this is the back of, oh i have to go around the front of the tent i don't think she would have cared like she, no, that's canvas no. stuff you can rip right through that
1: she's um, probably like semi-permeable she could just kind of float through
0: yeah, she doesn't have time so would that have been that wouldn't have been something that you were scared of vampires and stuff like that
1: mm-hmm. when you were small I don't uh, think I heard that many campfire stories or... No, well, I didn't. just did in campfire songs and then the leaders just shared a at night and stuff. That was enough. That was enough to yeah, see the people really small, out of me, yeah.
0: Before my granny's house, or was it the next door neighbours? No, my granny's house at the front garden was very typical Irish granny, like lots of trees, lots of tall bushes that were very unkempt on the inside, but on the outside they looked pristine. But I remember the next door neighbours had like... You know, those windbreakers that have gaps so you can see through them, but you couldn't actually see through them because the bushes in her front garden were very thick. We were convinced the boogeyman lived in her garden. I don't know where the story came from or we, like we were the older of the of myself and my sister were the older of the cousins. Everyone else was younger than us. So I, I'm convinced one of the young aunties told us, yeah. oh, yeah, the boogeyman lives in there. And it's petrifying when you're that small. I'd say when you're at camp, the leaders, they know that they could share, like they could scare the bejesus out of you, oh, but I, you have to be so careful.
1: I, I scared the...
0: Bejesus. That's, yes, it. That's I, a PG word. I scared word. <laughs> the children.
1: There's, there's a campsite called Larch Hill in the Dublin Mountains, and one night we took a small walk from the gate up the windy road back up to the hostel that we were staying in, and I climbed up the hill because the road double backs on itself. I climbed up to get ahead of the group before they caught up with me, I scampered up this little wall and hid behind a tree. Yeah. And I jumped out and startled the group of kids. They were, I think they oh. were only cubs. And
0: oh, they were only babies.
1: And yeah. And I believe one of them could sleep that night. But I didn't know because I went to the hospital because I fractured my ankle. Climbing and up jump, this
0: embankment. Jumping off the wall. Off yeah.
1: the, the uh, there's a lot of kids there that would yeah, yeah.
0: probably be thinking you kind
1: of got what you deserve. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I got it there you were I got a day yeah. off work oh well
0: then if that's not what it's for I don't know what it is then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so we're going to finish up there it was only too wait, short wait
1: Ooh. Elizabeth Moss was the actor's name we couldn't think of and
0: the blondie girl from Maiden's Tale
1: yes. yes and then also I didn't say it, but James Nesbitt would be the farmhand because he'd just be such yeah. a great farmhand and now you can say goodbye okay
0: so if you have a favourite scary story Or um, again It doesn't have to be your own It can be something you're, We said this last week It can be something your granny tells you Because those stories are terrifying Because grannies don't lie um, But if you do have a scary uh, story That we could maybe cover Or a suggestion Maybe a personal experience Or a sighting of your own We can keep it anonymous That's not a problem Email it in to us there At what's whatsthestoryghost At gmail.com I'm going to spell it out For you properly this week So it's W H A T S T A G S T O R Y g-h-o-s-t at gmail.com check out our Instagram as Stephen said as well it's the same again what's the story ghost and then we will have another episode out then Friday we're going to aim for a two yes okay. yeah perfect you want anything else to finish up on no
1: just the exit jingle
0: oh you were doing it da- I thought you were going to say the exit dance and I'm like but nobody can see you dancing yes, for the best, it, it's for the best. Bye. okay bye guys